0: Hello, I'm Alex Zane, film journalist, movie fan and your host for a trip to the movies. I'm a Pisces, I like all kinds of nut, but I cannot look at feet, not even my own. Thank you very much for downloading the show. We've got a brilliant guest on the way. This episode is brought to you by Odeon. And if you've been to watch a film at Odeon lately, you'll know that nothing beats that cinematic feeling. It's not just about stuffing your face with delicious popcorn, although let's be honest, that helps. It's your hair standing on end, your palms sweating and being transported somewhere magical. It's feeling every footstep of some giant lumbering monster. It's car chases, space battles and your heart beating out of your chest is about feeling cinematic and nobody does that better than odium head to odium.co.uk or download their app to book your next adventure today and if you'd like a pair of free tickets to head to your nearest Odeon, stick around after the interview and I'll tell you how you can get a pair as well as announcing this week's winner. Also, if you'd like to watch today's interview in Glorious Technicolor, head over to our YouTube channel and subscribe. And for all the latest updates and to get in touch, you will find us at Trip to Movies Pod at Trip to Movies Pod on all social media. Right then, time to introduce today's guest who I interviewed just yesterday from his home in LA on Zoom. So, if you're ready, let's begin. Hello and welcome to A Trip to the Movies, where each week a special guest takes us on their perfect night out at the cinema. This week we are joined by an incredible actor who made his big screen debut in Stardust before going on to appear in the hugely successful Chronicles of Narnia series, as well as televisual behemoths like Westworld and Shadow and Bone. He'll soon be seen in the new series of Black Mirror out this Thursday. It's about to get hot in here, and not just because my guest is in LA, and it's currently even hotter in the UK, but because it's the super supremely talented ben barnes ben how are you
1: <laughs> i'm well mate thank you so much for having me
0: oh it's absolutely <laughs> lovely to have you on uh how is la yeah it's a bit
1: grey. it's a bit gray and gloomy but it's yeah it makes uh makes a nice nice change to have ships to have swapped yeah i think i have to come back now i think that's the rules Honestly, this, I, this isn't what I signed. This isn't what I signed up for. This is the <laughs> whole
0: point. This is this is unacceptable. This cloud cover. Have a word with someone for me, will you? <laughs> <laughs> it, when it is sunny in LA, though, mm. it works. This this city currently roads are melting and everything is broken because it's a little bit oh, hotter no. than usual.
1: I do know the. Uh, I, I remember the feeling well. I was kind of liked it. I was liked when London feels like.
0: I was like when London feels like a bit sticky. Mm. Do you really? I, I kind of, yeah. I can't, I can't fathom why that might be. I'm currently very sticky and it's, it's, it's relatively <laughs> unpleasant.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm sorry.
0: So I've watched you, we were just discussing before we started. I've watched you being brilliant on screen from afar, but I've never got to interview. This is our first ever interview.
1: I know, I, ca- I can't quite fathom it. When I saw the email, I was like, say oh great, that's so fun.
0: No, this is brilliant. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it, man. So, um, oh, do you want a weird story? We'll, we'll cut this if yes, it's please. a little bit too creepy. But I swear I once walked past you in a hotel in the Mediterranean and I was uh, literally... <gasps> Oh yes, you absolutely did.
1: <laughs> really, I absolutely did, and I nearly, and I nearly, and I was, I was with my, um, my, 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 I took my parents there, and I nearly r- ran back and went, "Alexei." <laughs> <laughs> okay, good, because I, I, I think full naming someone on holiday when they, you know, for no reason at all is it, other than to go hello. It just felt, um, it felt a bit, um. I don't know, a bit crass or something.
0: You no, know, I. I was like, leave him alone. I like the fact that both of us had exactly the same very British reaction. I was like, oh my god, I should say hello, and then I was like, no, wait, no, you don't, you don't know him. It would be, it would be weird. <laughs> yes, you don't know him.
1: Well, I think we're conditioned, aren't we, to look at these kind of like, um, you know, you look at like celeb parties and people, and you're like, oh look. Uh, Tom Holland no. just met Jessica <laughs> Chastain. How, uh, and then, and then, and then, but then if you want to say hello to somebody like, oh, dear, yeah, but that's not me. I'm British. <laughs> I can't, I'm not, I'm not allowed yeah. to have that moment. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, and, and full disclosure as well, uh, I was very sunburnt. I'm very vain and you look very cool. And I was like, this this is not the right moment. I, I can't I'm gonna wait.
1: <laughs> well yeah, but I was I was with my mum and dad. I think that was, you know, there's balance points there.
0: <laughs> um so talking of talking of cool, um Black Mirror. That's pretty cool. That's great. I mean, Charlie Brooker is like a god-level writer. Uh, I mean, he really is. You, you, you get a script from him. Is it is it different to reading a regular script? Was it exciting?
1: So I had to say I got. He, I actually just got an email from Charlie Brooker. Who I again, who I who I've never met, and uh, it just said um, we're shooting this tiny part of this episode it has to be you um come and do it basically and i was like black mirror absolutely yes i don't care what it is if i have to chop off my own thumbs i'll, I'll be there um and uh turns out it was playing this guy who had to chop off his own thumbs. No, no, it, it, it was it was stupid it was um uh yes yeah, so it was just this, this little contribution to it and they were very much like look we know it's only a small thing but like uh you know we, we uh, we'd we love you to come do it and and uh and so I said yes and then they sent the script which I think was so fantastic and I'm a huge Black Mirror fan obviously seen every episode more than once um always sort of um sort of coveted uh you know being involved and uh um this particular episode i thought was particularly good though right up my street in terms of the genre of it and um i, I actually like the black mirrors that are a little bit less um that that sort of just psychological fuckery but uh, can i say that yeah of course um rather than rather than really dark um rather than sort of horrible dark nasty things that you'd sort of rather go through your day without thinking about um and this one has that more of that tone and i'm in it for uh, i mean i have a you know what we would call in the trade a uh, i've got a cough and a spit in it um
0: it's that is that i've never heard that but, term. Um, i've never heard that tone is that a t- is that a trade term? i
1: think it might be i think it might be also i think that might be because i might have heard it from from quite an old actor <laughs> quite a long time ago who might have heard it from another and then nobody has passed it down <laughs> because um but um no small actors
0: Wow. I like that. I'm going to, I think. Only
1: small, only small, no small parts, only small actors. That's the way around it is.
0: Yes. Yeah. That makes more sense. But, but anyway, as, as seen
1: from my, from the sort of promo material, which makes it seem like I'm in it uh, more than five seconds. Um, My scene is with uh Salma Hayek, who is uh, a goddess among humans. So wow. that's pretty excellent.
0: I, I did. I did take a look at the cast and it is, um, it is the most star-studded episode of Black Mirror yet. You've got yourself, Annie Murphy, Salma Hayek, Michael, Sarah Himish Patel, Rob Delaney. It's it's, it's a yeah. it's a big old list.
1: Yeah, it's a really fun. It's really fun as well. I I, I, I presume I I think I signed about sixty two NDAs. So I, I think, but I think I'm safe. It's a fun. It's fun <laughs> and good. I think that's a probably that's a, those. I think those were on the list of acceptable descriptions.
0: <laughs> oh, I mean, still, I mean, it, it, honestly, getting an email that goes, "It has to be you from childhood. I mean, that's 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 a, that's an amazing audition. That's that's like straight.
1: It bit. really was. It really was. It was. This, they're very specific. The casting had to be very specific in this episode. For um, but it was, yeah, it was a very nice little email to receive.
0: But you are no stranger to big shows, Ben Barnes. Westworld, The Punisher, Shadow and Bone. And so this is here is my little uh, two penneth. Like you really, because I've watched all those shows, and I think you have this amazing gift of exploring reprehensible characters, but making us the viewer so invested in their fate in in a, a much more empathetic if not sympathetic way than perhaps we would normally do if you hadn't played them you really do bring something to these characters
1: thank you i i i that's really um kind of you i i um i think i'm just really interested in and i i i I sort of probably have talked about this before in a way that anyone who is listening to this because they uh uh, or a supporter of mine will, will find very tedious, but um, uh, I'm just interested in, I'm interested in the duality of people and the sort of the gray areas of existence and the fact that we all have the capacity to be everything and feel everything. And there is, there is, there is nobody who is this a sort of caricature of three adjectives, like people are described at the beginning of scripts. And there are reasons that people act out in life and, Um, everybody has history and everybody has these, you know, everybody has these traits, which are, uh, you know, everybody has flaws. Um, And I think even if you're looking at a character that's reprehensible, you you know, I think it's your duty to look for the characteristics in that person that are opposite to that. Um, And I think sometimes they can even enhance it. You know, I, I think if the character is scary, I want to see the sort of, soft underbelly Mm -hmm. because because then it's all it's almost you humanize it and then it's almost even scarier that they're behaving in a way that you can't understand um so i think it's a it's a fine line between sort of you know making sure that villains seem like villains because you don't want to be um sort of supporting them but at the same time i'm interested in i'm interested in people Mm. and uh and and what we can all be and I remember seeing an interview with an actor once that said, you know, he can scream and shout and throw a chair, but sitting opposite someone saying I love you felt really um, foreign and difficult to him. And I was like, well, that's interesting because I feel the exact opposite. I feel like maybe no one's going to take me seriously if I scream and shout and swear and throw a chair. But then you get cast as a, you know, a psychopathic ex-marine mm-hmm. in something and you're like, well, I have to find my, my version of Fury. Mm-hmm have to find what that looks like on me because I know it's in there. Full felt furious. So I, I'm just, I think it's just because I'm interested in it. You know, it's like when you're at school and you're like, you're going to do well at the subjects you're interested in. Yeah. Yeah. So I end up, I end up uh, uh, playing, um, you know, uh, psychopaths who still want to uh, love someone.
0: So, is, <laughs> so wait, wait, wait. I mean, that is a lovely way of explaining it. And I totally understand. Is it that, is it that then you were like you, you sort of reached a point where you were like this is going to be a challenge for me, and then you've continued exploring that challenge, or has it got to a point where people are like, uh, you know, like uh, to, uh, to mimic the Charlie Brooker email, like we want Ben to do this because he can take an in inverted commas villains and create a much more fleshed out, deeper character.
1: I think it started that I I was playing, um, sort of the, these sort of uh, protagonists, the sort of boy with sword, boy with gun, boy <laughs> with stick, big stick um, hit hit dragon on head, you know <laughs> rescued rescued damsel, which is sort of not the way of things anymore anyway, but um uh I think it was a bit of a subversion for me to to kind of take that natural um, sort of i i suppose sensitivity or vulnerability or whatever it was that i cause I never thought I'd be playing, you know, um, kind of, uh, you know, commanding, you know, military people or, 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 um, those kind of, those kinds of characters. I thought I would be sort of flopping about doing, doing sort of British, uh, 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 uh mumbly things that, that like I'm <laughs> stumbling with now. And, um, and, uh, and so I think they thought, oh, we'll, we'll get that part for, for free, as it were, with, with, with him. So it's interesting to, so wouldn't it be interesting to see the other side? But then it, it sort of turned into this thing of like, oh, I have this sort of slight niche of, you know, dark or manipulative, certainly, characters that you, that you don't not want to hug. Mm. Um, uh, but i think but i think but i think it's time to put them to bed honestly like i like i really am kind of overplaying particularly it's the untrustworthy it's the it's the untrustworthiness of it because i think you do leave a little drops of legacy um even if that word feels sort of disgusting but you sort of leave little drops of breadcrumbs of who you are behind in these parts and people i think find it difficult not to associate those with with who you are and I think that one of you know it's really important in me in life that people um understand that I'm a a sort of good honest man I think as you get older for some reason that I I don't know but it just becomes uh higher on your priority list that people see you that way and I think the more you sit in these characters for sort of five six years in a row now to four or five different characters I've played who are you know, essentially become sort of liars or whatever, you're like, oh, I just, I think it's just time for me to play someone you're rooting for.
0: That's that's fascinating. So you're not talking about typecasting here. What you're talking about is a, a kind of osmotic effect of like aspects of these roles, like overflowing into reality and people basically uh, going, oh, Benzer, he might not be, he might not be a good one because he created the fold, for example. <laughs> well I, yeah I don't think it's is it's as sort of
1: straightforward as that, but I think there is something that sort of seeps into the consciousness about your. they just associate you with that kind of stuff and then and then you do like you say, you do just get offered more and more uh you know murdery roles <laughs> that are just really disgusting. I got offered a role uh recently that was you know this, there was a character that was cutting out children's tongues, and I was just like. I actually feel very strongly about not <laughs> being associated with putting this out into the world, even if it's excellent. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's really important to me to not be the the, 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 the kid tongue putty guy. Do you know what I mean in life? I want to be the guy that you're going,
0: kiss her, kiss her, kiss her. You know what I mean? Sure. Sure. I, I have to admit, even with your uh, no small amount of talent – a child tongue-cutting villain would be hard to make an audience root for even slightly. That that would be uh-huh. a challenge.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, look. Maybe I should reconsider. I Maybe, it. It. <laughs> Maybe I should reconsider. Because <laughs> challenge, yeah, I, don't, I like it. I love a challenge. All those 80s quest movies that I just grew up on that are just like, you know, Got and built. I'm built for challenge. <laughs>
0: <laughs> see, I shouldn't have said it. We're going to see ne- next up. Here it comes. Child tongue cutting. Um, no, let's go back to. Um, uh, this is a spoiler for Shadow and Bone. And I figure because of how uh, uh, passionate the fans of that show are, anyone who is going to care is already seen it. But dead, gone, gone, dead, entire. Corners of the internet dedicated to the shock of people who clearly didn't read the books, but have have been watching the series who are like, this cannot be, this will not stand. stabbed, body burned, we saw it happen. So are you happy to say goodbye? And I mean that in the sense of, do you feel like you've completed an arc of a journey for that character? You clearly knew it was going to happen. Or is it kind of sad to say goodbye to a character that you have spent X amount of hours on screen developing and countless more yeah. off screen building uh, an identity for an audience?
1: So I will say that it's, two, it's twofold as a, as a sort of reaction, which is I had read these the book, so I, there was a familiarity with the arc of the character I didn't know how many seasons it would kind of be spread out over. Um, And, you know, I really did champion this character, particularly in the early parts of the, in the first season of of, of Shadow and Bone, um, you know, where you're undecided about this man's motivations potentially. Um, And even when those become clear, you're looking for those sort of shreds of, humanity and, and, and potential for, um, you know, potential for sort of, uh, forgiveness. And, um, I think I was sort of championing him and then in the second season, he's a little bit more, uh, ruthless and he really is kind of extremely toxic. And, and I think it was important for me to then champion that and make sure that he was that, um, you know, even if I can't find the the, the sort of, um, little moments of tenderness sort of towards the end, which I think were in the book and, and became important to me. So I really was a sort of champion for, for the, for the character as, as you sort of have to be when you're, um, uh, w- w- when, when you're sort of, um, g- well, gifted the opportunity to, 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 to curate them and look after them. Um, so I, so I didn't know it and I felt very close to it, but I also wanted it to be the story that was in the books, the one that I knew, because it, when you read something and you know, it's based on something it sort of feels, um, it feels like Canon, mm. you know, so you have to, you you really want to, uh, be faithful to it. Um, having said that, that this, that the sort of young cast of it are just so, ex- I mean, they're fabulous in the show and they're really they're so well cast in, in in their characters and they all take, they're all so passionate and brilliant. Uh, but they're all just like such lovely human beings that I love being around them. Um, we, we joke, it's a little bit like that, uh, Steve Buscemi, uh, meme or gif see this is already I'm showing why because I can't remember which one's what meme is the one with the writing yeah the meme or, or maybe it does move anyway <laughs> it's the one with Steve Buscemi he's got a backwards hat and a skateboard he's got a backwards hat and a skateboard and it says um hello fellow kids um yeah. uh, 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 and 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 it sort of feels a bit that way since I've uh, got 20 years on some of them but um uh they did, they did The sounding uh, absolutely upside down. They, they made me feel like really made me feel part of it and sort of like really like vivacious and, and kind of young, uh, at being out there in Budapest shooting. And, uh, you know, I felt we had this little tribe, this little sort of, um, tribe vibe mm-hmm. hashtag tribe vibe, <laughs> um, God, that feels. That feels. That I'm going to get sick from them for saying that. Uh, but they do. They teach you things, and they and 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 um, they come to you for things, which feels amazing because you have been there before. Because I did walk onto fantasy sets over 15 years ago and have these experiences, and I know what it, how it plays out in in a lot of ways. I know what's uncomfortable about it. I know what the rewards are um so it felt good to kind of be in that role so I, I will rip i will miss the process i think um massively um if they make more of it um without me for sure i will feel i will feel left out but i think over th- the last sort of 20 years you get used to saying goodbye to things mm-hmm. uh Saying goodbye to the Punisher, saying goodbye to Westworld, saying goodbye to these things that you invest, you, you know, your whole life in. You, but you know, what do you do for a living? I'm on a show called Westworld. Hmm. What 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 is your life about? It's about playing this character <laughs> called Logan. It's about playing this character called Billy Russo. It becomes so much of what your it becomes so much of what your life is about. Um, even if you're trying to, to maintain a sense of self and the other things you enjoy and the people you're around, even if you try to maintain that, it, 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 it seeps into it, into every part of what you're doing. Um, cause it, it's, it's a very difficult job to do that without letting it become your identity. Mm. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, I will always miss the jobs that I leave behind, but so somehow we're so adaptable as, as, as human beings. And I think actors in particular, so much rejection and moving on, that you make the next job, if you, if usually you try and make the next job you're gonna do feel like the most exciting, the one that you want to be doing because otherwise you'd be miserable.
0: Yeah, I, I, I understand what you're saying. And I did also watch you um, age almost as quickly as the villain from the end of The Last Crusade then when you didn't know what a meme or a gif was. I was like, he's just getting older <laughs> in front of my eyes.
1: It's like the end, of, the end of Dorian Gray, where I go from 25 to 90 in about 30, in about 30 seconds.
0: Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, so listen, um, I, I want to get to our cinema, but uh, very quickly, um, I was reading about, this is looking much further ahead, so I don't know how much you can say or how much is really out there, but uh, you're in a, 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 a Patrick Marber written uh film called the critic yeah. that's coming out either later this year no one knows yet it's still all up in the ether but that sounds exciting no, i don't
1: know well the, yeah the, and the big draw for me was that it stars and mckellen who is you know i've had the privilege of working with so many of my heroes but he really was one that uh it was just impo- i'd said yes before i even red got to the title because i saw he was doing it and um he was just as magical as you would hope and expect isn't Um, he
0: isn't he's just fundamentally one of the nicest people i've
1: i've ever had the pleasure to to interview nice and and interesting and and thoughtful but also just a little bit magic Mm. i don't you know, just a little bit and not just because Gandalf. Well, it does go, it
0: goes back to what you were saying though. Maybe it seeped in, well, like Ian McKellen is. Well, it does. I think it can't not all these, all those, we associate
1: with all these extraordinary things, Mm. but he does just seem a little bit extraordinary as well. Mm. And um, yeah, very, very, feel very lucky to be able to have um, done a few little scenes with him. Um, And Mark Strong and Gemma Rathodon, also people that I've wanted to work with for a long time. And it's uh, a brilliant story. And Patrick is obviously such a, a prolific um, writer and so, so thoughtful and, you know, can make anything feel like the most interesting thing in the world. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I'm excited for people to, to, to see that. I have no idea, but, you know how it turned out or, 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 or when it's out or anything like that but it was uh, yeah it was nice to come back and do something that felt really British as well
0: mm. it, 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 um, it does feel very very very, very, very British soft. but it's it's, it's going to be great to see you back on the big screen and talking of the big screen Ben I'm very excited for this you're about to enter another dimension where our virtual cinema awaits for your perfect night at the pictures you are our guide we are your audience Let's go on a trip to the movies. So, we push open the doors to our temple of film and find ourselves in the foyer. There's an excited buzz, as there always is in a cinema foyer, the hum of anticipation. It's your perfect cinema trip, Ben. Who have you picked, living or dead, to go with you?
1: Oh, wow. Um, Who have I picked, living or dead, to go with me? I tell you, it's not. It's not um, anyone who demands sort of cinema conditions because I am a bit of a, I am a bit of a, I want a, a sort of collusive experience. I want to be able to whisper
0: and I want to be able
1: to have that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, And it's not a, it's not a trait that I'm proud of. Um, It's not a trait that I'm proud of. And it's definitely got me in trouble before uh, sort of serious movies, but I want to be able to enjoy the experience if I'm going to, go out and have the experience. If I I want deathly quiet, I can watch it at home. Um,
0: So you're you're okay with other people whispering then? So you you, you don't mind? No, no,
1: no. No, (laughs) no, absolutely not. No, complete silence. Um, But except from me. (laughs) So do you... I actually went to cinema by myself. I actually went to cinema by myself for the first time last week, ever.
0: How was the experience with no one to whisper to?
1: I felt a bit, a bit lonely because I, I didn't
0: have anyone to whisper to.
1: <laughs> yeah. I didn't have any to enjoy it with. I, yeah. So not, not by myself, I think, is my answer. Okay.
0: Not by yourself. Um, so with, with someone.
1: I would say, I will, I will, I will say that I have had, through my life, mm. um, really good experiences going to cinema as, as dates. Okay, great. In general. So I would say I would like to go with a date. Because I think it gives you something to talk about afterwards, tell you a lot about someone, whether they're a whisperer or not. Uh, and, um, uh, and generally through my, through, my, through my life. So I would say I will go with a,
0: I will go with a date All that right. doesn't
1: mind being whispered too.
0: <laughs> so you're going with a date. Now there is a clock on the wall in the foyer. It reads a specific time. What time of day have we gone to the cinema? Oh, I'm a big fan. I'm actually a very big fan of a late night cinema.
1: Mm. Um, I'm a, I'm a big fan of a sort of uh, like a 10 p.m. screening.
0: Okay, that's interesting. So dinner first, then a movie.
1: Yeah, 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 I think so. But don't eat too much dinner so you've got room for treats. But um, no pudding at dinner. But um, because but, I'm still going to have treats even if I'm full. <laughs> but um, – but yeah because then you kind of come out into the sort of like slightly empty world as well which i like that I, cuz i think it kind of continues the sort of dream experience of being uh, in a film as well sometimes when there's few when there's fewer people around to um to to to, to kind of um po- poison your post your post post cinema bliss or 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 kind of fury depending on how good the film was
0: it that's that's interesting because i always used to be a look i'm gonna go in the day because the cinema's quiet it's great there's not as many people there but as i've come around as i've got older i'm very much in your camp i think that it's it's the worst experience in the world to go and see a movie and then suddenly have to go and do something like because you lose you immediately lose you lose the magic mm. you lose, but i also don't want
1: to go at 7 at night. and also when are those people having dinner but I don't want to go at 7.30. It's always like full of full – of, uh, yeah, a, a really crowded cinema for uh, the foyer is, not, is not, not the vibe.
0: Okay, 10 p.m. I think that's a great time. I think it's a, it's a great time you've picked. Yeah, and you don't have to wait as long for popcorn. <laughs> that's true. Cues are shorter. That's, that's absolutely true. Well, before we get onto the snacks, you booked the tickets for this trip. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Where are we sitting? in the auditorium what seats have you booked for us um half way back in the middle classic answer and it's the most popular answer i i i i sit on the aisle because i like to be able to go to the bathroom i don't have the strongest bladder so um so yeah
1: i'm uh, so ideally there's enough people in there to have a a communal experience, but not too many that you feel claustrophobic. And in this perfect version of my life, which you're um, curating for me, I'm sitting front middle, so the sound is the best, the surround sound. Um, And I don't have to crane my neck, but there's there's someone sitting on my right that I can whisper to, but all 10 seats to my left are empty, so I can just... (laughs) nip out if i need to that's oh i, like I mean this. this is fantasy no. you are presenting me with fantasy scenarios so i'm going to give you fantasy answers
0: this is wonderful no one's ever taken it to this degree before but you're absolutely right this is your perfect cinema trip you can have the middle yep. where are we talking here did you say the front or do you want the middle no the middle the, the middle, middle, the middle. yeah okay and you are having an entirely empty row i don't know why i've never thought of that but yes Ben, that is done. That's yours. It's wonderful. Okay. Right then, the final thing we need before we leave the foyer and enter the auditorium, what are you choosing to eat? All manner of foodstuffs are available at the various counters. Oh, the smells are amazing. What are you choosing to eat?
1: I think I'm I'm going with um, a, a medium-sized popcorn because a small is unshareable and a large is... It just makes me feel guilty that I didn't finish it. Um, and then I'm going to buy some MMs and I'm going to throw them in the popcorn.
0: Oh, I've heard about this. This this is an incredible yeah. thing. I tried
1: it once. Tried it once. Thought it sounded sacrilegious, but <laughs> it's it, 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 it's fantastic. And um, and um, so I'm so a diet Ch- coke. I'm a di- diet coke man.
0: Okay, I like this. So uh, we're saying no to hot dogs, nachos, burgers, pizza, all of these. I don't trust
1: warm foods in cinema, Sorry.
0: Okay. Okay. So you're having uh, you're having a medium popcorn. Now, did I hear right that you said if you get a large popcorn, you feel guilty about not finishing it? Because I'd argue popcorn is one of the few foodstuffs on the planet. It is impossible not to finish what is in front of you.
1: Yes, it, 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 sometimes, but I think large. Okay, are we talking pre 1997? Because I think large meant something different. I think large in a cinema is just, it, it's a trough. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it? It's just like you need two arms to hold it. So I, uh, nobody's, uh, yeah. And it makes me sad when people are sort of like left them, the buckets on the floor and kicked them over and there's popcorn everywhere. And, and I know. That you're not supposed to feel like of any way about that, but I do. Mm. So, I mean, yes. Clear up your cinema. Clear up your cinema trash, all right? Just yeah, do
0: it. that's it. What? What? Clear up your cinema. I'm gonna. That's a good. Slow. Clear up your cinema trash. Now we've got your medium popcorn. That was salted popcorn, am I right? Because the, the M and M's are the sweetness.
1: Yeah, I do. I do love. I do love that sort of kettle corn mixed corn but but in this instance yeah it's 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 slightly salted. Slightly salted.
0: Alright we've got everything we need now to leave the foyer. So we push open the doors to the corridor down towards the auditorium. Now it's looking a little bare right now so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put up posters along the cinema wall that illustrate some of your most important movie memories. And the first poster we're putting up depicts your fondest movie memory. I have two that spring to
1: mind um, the first one, I, I came to America when I was about 10 for the first time, and it was the week that The Lion King came out. Um, and the, the cinema-going experience in America, I've noticed, it, it is different to, to going in England. It's very vocal. mm there's 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 more um, applauding mid movie. There's more gasping. There's more you know sometimes commentary um, at the screen um, involving yourself in the dialogue. Uh, uh, so, and but this obviously the Lion King was like this extraordinary film, and I was ten, so everything was brilliant, and um, I just remember there being this sort of whooping and screaming and gasping. At, uh, you know Mufasa's fall and and I just it was so involving it felt sort of for 4d you know um so that was quite a magic one um, I'm, I'm just gonna come,
0: I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna just I want to be really honest with you is it good because I've never seen the Lion King I've, I've heard it's quite good are we okay you've never seen the Lion King so I, I just, I have a, a massive gap in my movie CV and it's, it's Disney animation sort of pre Pixar. I just, I, I, never, I never really saw it. So I can tell by the, the your face <sighs> that you're, you're, this is. But what about, what about, I mean, I mean,
1: I presume we're similar-ish in age. What about Robin Hood or the sword in the stone or Aladdin or Hercules or any of these? Weirdly, I. I, Please tell me you've seen at least one of those.
0: I remember being. Wow. I remember. No, I remember being very. I'm
1: glad I didn't talk to you on holiday now. (laughs) (laughs) What would we have even talked about?
0: I'm so sorry. Um, Yeah, I guess I I, I don't want to make this even weirder than me not having seen them, but I I do remember actually. Do you know what? I remember seeing. (laughs) I remember seeing very young Disney's Robin Hood. And and finding made Marion the the fox quite attractive, and so yeah, no, she's a fox. Okay. She's a
1: literal a literal fox.
0: Okay, so that's not too weird because I think maybe I thought no no oh, no
1: no she's a, she's 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 the sexual awakening of many a young boy. I would say
0: her and the Cadbury's caramel bunny uh, uh, were were big ones for me. Yeah, well, that one's that's thick. <laughs> okay, so the Lion King. Right, what's the, what's the next one? Let's get away from this quagmire. Okay.
1: Well, the other one, the other one was one of my first ever dates, which I, I didn't really think through very well in terms of like what the effect of it might be. But one of my first ever dates, I, I went to see Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet, which obviously setting the bar incredibly high with Leonardo DiCaprio being incredibly beautiful and romantic, but, um, it was just, yeah, it was just wonderful. Um, I just i felt i remember feeling mesmerized by it and, and and completely in love with as a as a you know young teenager completely obviously in love by the end both with claire dane excuse me both with claire danes and uh and and my date
0: oh it that we are roughly the same age and that movie was a, a, huge for our generation wasn't it it's just it? also spectacular mm.
1: It's just a spectacular film.
0: I I ended up in London because of that film. I, I was, it was out at the cinema and I saw a couple uh, by uh, the statue of Eros in Piccadilly dressed as Claire Danes and Leonardo DiCaprio from that movie. And I, was, I think I was about 17. I was like, I am moving to this city because people do that here. Wow. That's just a regular thing. Did the date go well? It was a good movie, good, good fond in that respect? Or was it just the movie that made it the fond? Very
1: fond. Very, very fond. Yeah. It was very it was very young. It was very I mean, I must have been about fourteen or, so, or thirty. I mean, it was so sweet and it's just such a like lovely, pure memory of like being mesmerized by this film. I think we were holding hands by the end. It's just lovely.
0: All right. Um because I somehow made Disney animation weird, uh Romeo and Juliet is the poster I'm putting up. How about that? That's the poster we're gonna put up for that. Right. That's just you nixing animation
1: for some <laughs> weird childhood reason, childhood reason that we're not gonna get into uh on this show, but but you can make an appointment with my secretary and we'll we'll talk about it later.
0: Uh yeah, it's it's trouble. No, it's not troubling. It's not. Right. The second poster I'm gonna put up depicts your worst movie memory.
1: My my worst movie memory was um back in the days where Again, I'm just Steve bechemiing myself here, but back in the days where on planes, they only showed one film. And it started when it started, and it finished when it finished, and that was... that was your choice. And there was a film I remember, and it's actually a wonderful memory, really? Because I was with my dad, and, again, very young. It's probably around that same age of young teens. Uh, We watched a film on a plane called Basil that was, that starred, I think it was Christian Slater or somebody that I liked from Robin Hood Prince of Thieves. And it was the only movie playing. And it was just, we we, we both recognized about 10 minutes in that this was maybe the worst film ever made. (laughs) And we were just giggling. We were giggling the whole time. So it's actually a lovely memory, but it was, to, to, uh, and I haven't gone back to revisit it because I'm so worried it'll be better than I remember.
0: Um I, I can confirm. That in my head,
1: it's very important that this film, Basil, is
0: atrocious. I think, I think, I think it famously is. I think it's a film that uh, that uh, it never made it into cinemas. I think it was taken away from the, it. It's got one of these troubled histories, um, as some movies do, where it was taken away from the director and then recut by the f- finances of the film which is always but then certainly don't but then certainly don't screen it in a place <laughs> where people are
1: physically incapable of getting away and have nothing else to look at
0: <laughs> that's not kind uh, okay uh yeah basil uh the christian slater jared uh leto uh movie jared leto's in it as well is he mm. he must be a
1: child in it or something yeah
0: well yeah yeah i think he's 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 pretty young yeah but uh but yeah i did uh i i I did look up basil and uh yeah i it's a poster that i'm happy to put up as your worst although slightly not worst movie memory because it sounds no it's a lovely memory quite funny right then the third poster the last performance ben that brought you to tears um
1: so I think the, la- the the last thing that made me feel teary was um uh, I just watched um Zach Braff's movie "A Good Person" with Florence Pugh mm. and Morgan Freeman, and they're both just so
0: um vulnerable in it and and cracked and and
1: um kind of kind of raw and it was just it was just lovely to see Morgan Freeman doing something so like sensitive like that i've always been such a huge fan of his since shawshank obviously um, and he's obviously just a, a legend but um and also Florence Pugh is just i think she's just mesmerizing um no matter what she's playing and yeah there was some, there was just something that really really got under my skin with it um so that was the last one my my the one that made me the film that made me cry the most though Mm -hmm. is a slightly surprising one which i've i've talked about before i think on a might have been on a another interview uh, about movies but but um i i i'm quite a big believer in you, you know like film um Age guidelines. I think in America, you know, you have rated R, PG 13, and all this. But like in England, when I was growing up, it was 50, you had 15 and 18. And I remember seeing a film when I was about 12 or 11 um, that was uh, Spartacus, and it was definitely a 15 or 18 or something. And I, I became a big proponent of, of not seeing films until you are the age that they tell you to see them because emotionally I was just incapable of. Processing the sort of cathartic nature of the ending, where Spartacus is 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 tasked with with dueling his best friend, and the winner will be crucified, and the other will be you know sword stabbed to death by their best friend, and then them each wanting to be the one that just lets the other that 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 kills them each wanted to be the one that kills to not put their best friend through being crucified it was just my little brain and heart could not digest this at all um I just couldn't process it and I remember I started crying and I think about two full days later I think I'd sort of cried out but I remember it being just a, a really
0: big deal so While you decided that you were, you you suddenly were like, absolutely ratings have a purpose. Was it not also, is it not also one of those things that at that age you got to see something? Because I think sometimes when we watch films that were not really um, meant to see, those are the movies that make you like fall in love with cinema. Because even if it's fear, or if you watch a horror too young, I mean, I watched Jaws too young, or in this case, like something like that powerfully emotional. Like, did that not make you fall in love with cinema?
1: Yeah, it probably. you probably. It probably made me. It probably made me who I am. I suppose on some level. Mm. Uh, so yeah, you're probably right. I I do believe in the power of films in that way. Um, yeah, so to watch whatever you want. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. If you've got kids, let them watch whatever, whatever, because then they'll be emotional wrecks like me, and then uh, it'll. They'll be really balanced and balanced human beings when they grow up.
0: All right. <sighs> because because um, I like both of those, I'm going to give you two posters. I'm going to put a good person, Zach Braff's movie starring Florence Pugh and Morgan Freeman, next to Spartacus by Stanley Kubrick as well. Um Okay. Which I only watched for the first time last week, and um, I'm now a little bit in love with what a beautiful man Tony Curtis is. I don't think I've ever seen a man oh like my god as gorgeous. On well, some also,
1: some, so so Tony Curtis it, it also when I was growing up. Some like it hot. It does not probably feature in any of my answers, but it is one of my favorite ever films. And there's a brilliant version on Broadway at the moment when they've changed a few things. It's just fantastic. Um, uh, but um. Yeah, one of my absolute favourite films. It's got it's got you know live jazz and Marilyn Monroe, and it's just it's just a great great film. Um, and Tony Curtis is just brilliant in it.
0: Yeah, one of one of cinema's great great last lines as well. Um nobody's uh, perfect. <laughs> right. Nobody's then, perfect. Our f- that's badass. Our final post. That was a that was a, that was a good line read for that that line. Um uh, right, our final post well, me two goes though, didn't it?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I try I try, I just assumed the first was a rehearsal. He he only needs it one, one it was re- it was re- it was absolutely I
1: was just yeah, yeah it was just
0: rehearsal. One rehearsal and one take. Uh okay like like Frank Sinatra. Uh one that's what we're gonna call it. What one, one take Ben Yeah? One take Ben. Right. Okay, so the final poster depicts your unpopular movie opinion, Ben Barnes. Sister Act Two is a masterpiece. Wow. Uh so this is Sister Act Two, uh that has uh one eight percent on on Rotten Tomatoes. Um you're saying it's a, a Yep. I've
1: done I've done I've done at least two films which which are much lower. Um
0: but I don't think they're masterpieces. Okay, so you're, you're, you're basically saying Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit, uh, which is probably a, 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 one of the greatest titles oh, for a sequel. Oh, see,
1: even that, Back in the Habit. You've got, you've got, you've got wordplay in the title.
0: Come on. So it's one of these rare occasions where a sequel is better than the original. Tell me why.
1: Well, I don't know if everyone thinks that, but this is my unpopular opinion. I mean, the first one I think probably the more popular one. I bet that's higher than 18% on Rotten Tomatoes, the first one. I bet it is. It is. It is. Yeah. I bet it's I bet it's right up there in the 60s or something. Um uh, I just it just captured everything about what I was sort of into at the time. It was sort of Lauren Hill's voice. Um and that kind of um, you, 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 you know underdog kind of group story it fed into a lot of those films I watched when I was young about the the sports team who got the new coach or whatever like it, but but in this case it was Whoopi Goldberg and it was um, it just sort of feeds into that structure in a way which is really pleasing to me but the music is just so vibrant and. It just—I don't know—it just chimes with me in in in, in, a, in a way that always made me smile so so big, and I and I have watched it latterly, and it, it, I I stand by my opinion. It's magic.
0: All right, I'm. Uh, that's a, that's a strong argument. Okay, Sister Act two, back in the habit. Brilliant is going up.
1: <laughs> it makes me happy every time you say the full title. This is how I know I'm right.
0: <laughs> okay. All right, then. Time to enter the auditorium. Oh, we push open the doors. Just to warm up the crowd in this auditorium, we're going to first of all play the trailer for the movie you are most looking forward to seeing at the cinema.
1: The movie I'm most looking forward to seeing. um, I am excited to see... um, Well, actually, so... I just I was just reading yesterday, I didn't realise it started shooting already, but um the the, the sequel to Gladiator Um obviously Gladiator mm. just an epic piece of, of cinema that I uh am vaguely obsessed with. And so for there to be another one, uh Paul Moscow's I think it's... is Amazing from normal people and Ridley Scott, so so definitely. Uh, just because I think there's a, sometimes the a shortage of those big, huge, sweeping kind of magnificent things that aren't superhero films, and so I think that's is kind of like important. That and I are making and then the Napoleon movie as well with I think it's working Phoenix. So that, those like, I, I I those are the things I would get the most oh, excited yeah. about the cinema, big sweeping huge things, but. um um also Barbie. Also the Leonard Bernstein movie that Brady Cooper, my friend, has, has directed. Um I think will be probably brilliant. Um Oppenheimer, Nolan, Christopher Nolan, do no wrong. So yeah, there's lots of good stuff that I'm excited about. But maybe yeah, maybe I would say this Gladiator it would be the thing that I would be like, if you said I could go and watch that tomorrow, I'd be really, I'd be excited about that.
0: Okay. Well, well, I've got in touch with uh, Ridley Scott and I've got some footage together where we've knocked up a trailer for it and it looks oh, thanks. great. Thanks.
1: Thanks. Thanks, Ridders.
0: Yeah. yeah. Old <laughs> <You> Ridders know- <laughs> there.
1: Great. <laughs> telling me he would, my, my spider senses are telling me he would hate that. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Alright, uh Ridders has given us a trailer for gladiator. No. no, God, no. Ba-, ba back in the habit. Oh, it doesn't work. Uh, yeah, okay. No, I like it. Back in the back
1: <laughs> in the what are those what were those little gladiator sort of leather skirts called? We need to find out.
0: Uh, uh, oh, well ba- back it, back in loin. I'm a uh, back in the loincloth.
1: Gladiator 2, back in the loincloth.
0: Uh, what's, a, what's, a, what's, a, what's a phrase that involves line? S- yeah, okay. Gladiator 2, stay in loin. St- stay in loin. Nope, nope. Nope, nope, absolutely uh, not. Nope, terrible, terrible business. Uh, all right, <laughs> let's say, uh, I think actually Gladiator 2, back in the habit is the best. Right, the next thing we're going to play on the screen is the movie moment that makes you literally or metaphorically pump your fist in the air.
1: Um. So I would say that um, it has been documented and I can't possibly do a podcast of this, like this without mentioning, I have a I have a line of um, original movie posters, actually, much like the one you're de- describing down my corridor in my home, which has original movie theater posters of the movies that I connected to when I was younger. Um Things like The Princess Bride and Karate Kid, you know, original, this is Spinal Tap, original posters from the movies of things that I love. Oh, um, wow. And the sort of, the, the pride of place, my prized possession is my original Back to the Future uh, poster. Um, And I actually met Michael, I met Michael J. Fox quite recently at at a, at a sort of fan convention. And, um, I was practically speechless. Um, (laughs) I just think he's just a wonderful man and a wonderful actor and, um, always wanted to be more like him. Anyway, the, the, um, so I would say definitely something from Back to the Future. I would say it's difficult for me because I, I love the opening so much with the clocks going off, and then when he finally, like, kicks his skateboard, grabs the back of the car, and that Huey Lewis and the News song kicks ah. in. It's just absolute magic, and it makes me... But I, but I think that's a little bit cheaty because it, it makes me pump my fizz. It makes me feel that way because I love it so much. So the moment in the film is probably where he punches Biff you know, where he knocks him out uh, in the car and you're kind of going, yeah, it's just just amazing in every way. So, uh, yeah.
0: Oh, I love it. Biff getting punched out in Back to the Future. Okay, the next moment we're playing. What do you consider cinema's most shocking moment? Well, there were
1: two moments that jumped to mind. And um, because this is my fantasy scenario, um, I'm allowed them both. Um, I've, <laughs> I've decided. Um, uh, uh, it, even you though, you are, the even though you are Lord and Master and Arbiter of all things, this podcast, I've still decided <laughs> I'm allowed to. <laughs> well, you can pick. You can pick. I would say right. the two that I can think of are the end of Usual Suspects, um, where it is revealed who Kaiser Sose actually is, which I'm not even going to say who or what, because in case people haven't seen it, which I suspect a lot of people haven't, Hmm. um, I would say that is a very shocking um, sort of thrilling cinema moment because it's a brilliant film. Um, But I think also... um, Brad Pitts opened the box at the end of seven.
0: Oh, what's in the box? What's in the box? What's
1: in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? He's so brilliant in that, and it's just an you know it. Obviously, it's on the if we sort of one of my one of my um, more favourite sort of really dark films. But just the ending just leaves you chilled and um, Mm -hmm. and a broken blob on the floor so yeah I, yeah let's
0: go with that actually it's certainly the movie for me where brad pitt went from being you know uh like this person who i was aware of to an a bona fide movie star
1: no i think he's such a such a star such a br- such an incredible like an incredible actor <laughs> probably the one that i'm like oh that i think those are the best choice like film career choices out of pretty much anyone I just think he's I think he's he's played a blinder
0: all right and I don't think anyone anyone can disagree with you that certainly one of cinema's most shocking moments is the end of seven what's in the box okay what is the line or the piece of dialogue from a movie that most affected you um well the first
1: thing that jumped into my head was a, a one word line which was um I think the second last Harry Potter film where Alan Rickman, who is one of my absolute all-time favorites, just just says to Dumb- Dumbledore, just says, always. And there's just something that was just built, you know, something that had built up over six films or seven films. Um, yeah. It was just this secret that was just like, and I think that anyone who has ever loved anyone is particularly unrequitedly uh i think it's just like an incredible moment from an incredible actor in one word so so powerful but yeah. if you're talking about the way so emotionally maybe that but if you're talking about like the thing that stayed with me the most i had the absolute uh privilege of a lifetime of doing a couple of scenes with Robin Williams in a film called The Big Wedding, which was an incredibly low Rotten Tomatoes score because it is not very good. Um, but I did have the privilege of doing some scenes with him. Absolutely, you know, obviously icon and, you know, possibly my favorite ever actor. Uh, I just think he's can do everything he's astonishing That's incredible what, um, was, what was that like well i, I, I sadly there was there was a there was a, uh, there was a scene which was myself amanda seyfried and 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 um robin williams playing the, this priest who was going to marry us and i remember doing the scene once and it was sort of a little stiff and then the director came and said okay right you just do whatever you want now say whatever you want improv whatever you're feeling you do you just guys just go for it and I came up with absolutely nothing good in the scene whatsoever. But I did in that moment say, you're asking me to improvise with Robin Williams. I'm not a matador. Uh, which I thought was, you know, sadly saved my best improv for something that was totally unrelated to the film. But um, uh it was, you know, he, he gave me a generous lot. I mean, you know, make, there's, there's nothing in this world quite like making Robin Williams giggle at something. It's just, you know. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, it's just, he's magic, yeah. Magic. Uh, but his performance in Goodwill Hunting, obviously, um, uh, hugely revered performance. Uh, but there's the moment on the bench where he talks about his late wife and, and talks about... Um, he doesn't he's not it's not those sort of big moments he remembers he's, he's those little moments where it, i think he talks about farting in bed or something he says he said but you'll remember these little stuff that's and that's the good he says that's the good stuff yeah. oh, and i was okay. like that speech that ends with that's the good stuff is just um yeah just yeah. yeah just absolutely just absolutely everything i could ever want from cinema if you you know if you you know that, that, that scene is just perfect and just like tells you, something, tells you something really true, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we're nearly there. We've only got one more thing to do before we pay, play the movie that you've chosen to screen for us, and that is to play through the Dolby Atmos speakers, the mm-hmm. best use of music in a film.
1: So, so, again, um, because I'm uh, greedy, I thought of two things. But one, but I think I'm allowed them both because, <laughs> because one of them is a piece of music that was a, sort of assigned, a ascribed to a moment in a film, and one of them is written for the film itself. Oh, okay. Um, so the found music, I think, in, in Platoon, they use... Um, when he sort of drops to his knees and puts tw- his arms up in the air, and it's so overwhelming in a way that try- is trying to express emotions that most of us, thankfully, will never come anywhere near to having to feel the kind of, like, aftermath of the trauma of war. Um, but I think it can be much more readily expressed through music, um, which is obviously a massive important part of my life than it can through anything you could say or watch. So, uh, and they play this Barbara Adagio for strings, which is... And it just, it just, I heard it at the Royal Albert Hall once as well. And I, I'm not a huge classical music person. I don't really know very much about it, but I do know that I can't listen to that piece of music without feeling like someone's shoved their hand into my chest and it's just sort of rummaging around in my organs. It's just amazing so that's that but best piece of music written for film I'm a massive John Williams fan and that I remember I got into this phase once of listening to this over and over and over again and maybe it sounds a bit trite but I just think that the theme for Superman is just honestly one of the best pieces of music ever written and it just sounds so exactly like what it is it's. It has a tension, a powerful tension with the... and then and then it has this like this like pride to it, and it has it has nobility, it has nobility to it because he's like this, like this regal, and it's just like soaring, and it sounds like someone flying, and it's just it's just it's the piece of music I think is written that sounds the most like what you. Like, I can't conceive of a piece of music that sounds more like a character
0: or, a, or, a, or an I- idea than that. <laughs> uh, when, so when would you listen to it? Like when you, uh, just any time? Like for real, just
1: like any time. Like, like sometimes wake up in the morning and play it really loudly, just having a cup of coffee, standing in your pants in the middle of the living room. It doesn't, like for real, just, just try it. And please try it now, if you're listening, just stop listening to this right now, you don't need the last answer and just play this theme from Super- John Williams theme for Superman really loud. And you tell me it doesn't make you feel, doesn't make you feel better than you feel right now.
0: Okay, but so I was going to say, so you don't? Do you ever use it on set? Because I heard, I heard that some actors have a tiny little transistor th- radio thing in their ear and actually use music during their performance. Like they'll have music. I remember playing. I was
1: I worked with Diane Keaton, who was just amazing, um, in that same film that Robin Williams was in, and she would listen to this kind of like I, I assume it was sort of salsa music, like in these earphones that were other the you know, the hooked up kind. And she would sort of dance in this tangoey, salsery kind of way before. And then literally as they shouted action, she would just take them out and throw them on the, but it was still playing, still hear it (laughs) in the headphones. Uh, And I just thought it was brilliant. I sometimes have music playlists for characters, but I don't usually have it on set with me. I don't like, Walk off and listen to music to feel a certain way. I I, I, for me, it it, it distracts me. But for some people, it's really useful.
0: Okay, Uh, John Williams' score, Superman, wonderful. All right, do you know where we are? It's the moment. It's the big moment. It's time to announce to our excited audience in this packed auditorium. Apart from on the ten chairs next to you, so that you can get out if you want to, the movie that you have picked out of all. (laughs) other films to screen for us tonight what are we watching ben
1: um well obviously an unanswerable completely unanswerable question and could be any of the films that i've mentioned so far (laughs) um but the one that just hasn't had a mention the one that the other movie poster in my collection, uh, which there are a few others, but, um, I'm just a huge rom-com fan. I love, um, you know, I'm, I'm a sucker for all those kind of Notting Hill type, <laughs> Richard Curtis, the feet, all those feels. but I think that the, in the Nora Ephron vibes, but the, there's sort of Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan of it all, but my nut, but the top for me, um, is, uh, is when Harry met Sally. And it's just such sizzling dialogue. Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal are just so perfect in it. And it's just about something which I, which when I was younger, I was like, oh, will, I, will I ever understand that? And now I'm the age that I am, I know that I do understand it. And um, just about how people relate to each other. And men and women in particular, or or people, people in, um, you know, with, with romantic, uh, ideals and people with, you know, in, 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 uh, complicated situations of which almost all relationships are, um, and it's just, but it's just so funny. It's so simple. Um, it's visually perfect it has some iconic moments and uh i remember going uh you know i've seen it countless times but definitely you know a cont- it, 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 probably the answer to your first question you asked me about my best cinema experience was was going in my first ever drive-in cinema uh in america seeing it in a drive-in which i always thought was so great like from greece or whatever like wow. home and driving eating a pizza which is acceptable because it wasn't from a cinema uh and i just it's just it doesn't matter how many times i watch it i it just like fills me up and uh so that's what we're watching because i said so
0: oh i mean to you at that i mean obviously it's been discussed and analyzed and accepted as one of cinema's great moments but i'll have what she's having
1: i mean it's just
0: it's perfect Mm. So that is your greatest romantic comedy of all time, as well as being the movie you're screening for is, would you say that's your favourite? Yeah, I mean,
1: I, I, it, I have a handful of favourite films and, and that is certainly one of them, but it just didn't get a mention in any of the other questions. So
0: I think uh, uh, it's a very, very good shout. Mine is quite a m- much more recent one. I, your friend, Bradley Cooper. I'm right in thinking you said it. You're friends with Bradley Cooper, aren't you? He was in a Are film
1: you... that I did called The Words, yeah, which is directed by another friend of mine called Brian Cogman, who is actually in his Bernstein movie as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's a very, very, very sweet man.
0: I think Silver Linings Playbook is just Oh, it's
1: mega. Just incredible.
0: It's the it's the rom-com I've re-watched most, so...
1: Yeah, it's fantastic. I've seen it many, many times. I would, uh, you know, Notting Hill is, is also, uh, you know, I would say just of the pure rom coms. For some reason, mm. it just speaks to me. It's pro- that's probably the film I've seen the most. Uh, that mm. and Shawshank Redemption, probably the films I've seen the most in my life. Um,
0: but, but tonight, 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 Sally. Tonight, When Harry Met Sally, is the movie we've screened. And that's it, Ben. The curtains have closed. The guests are milling out, smiling and chatting and thanking you for taking them on an incredible night out at the movies. But before you go, it's time for this week's mystery question, which Uh weirdly references an earlier answer that you gave, because we call this section, What's in the Box? I saw you with the box. What was in the box? Oh, what's in the box? What's in the box? Uh, What is in the box? Okay, so your mystery question. If I. Oh, are you rummaging mystery. in a box to pull out a question? Is that what's yeah, happening? Yeah, I've got a little question here. I don't get to see it beforehand. It's handed to me by. Okay. Uh, is this a, uh,
1: a phone in
0: question? Or? This is a question that you are about to. Okay, it's quite an easy one this time. Well, I don't okay, know. Great. It might not be easy. You've previously starred in The Punisher. Would you ever yeah. consider returning to a comic book movie slash movie universe, and if so, what character would you want to play
1: yeah that's a good that's a good uh question, which I do get asked quite often actually um would oh, okay. I want to play jigsaw again uh, which I, I I loved playing that character, so I definitely would but um look, I think every every kid who grows up wants to be be an actor you know i think on some level thinks about what superhero would i want to be um and again i've talked about this before but i i i have a, a picture of myself when i'm about three in a batman outfit that i've made which is just a yellow piece of paper with string like i've hole punched the corners of the of the yellow piece of paper and tied a bit of string. And I've drawn a very, um, um, I would say a a rough outline of a bat um, in a black crayon. um, (laughs) And it's a very sweet, sweet picture, but I think, yeah. So I I mean, I think Batman was always the one for me um but with the superman theme tune preferably <laughs> okay
0: batman but with because the original- i'm allowed
1: because it's my fancy and i'm allowed to um i would i think i I'd, i think i would enjoy the bruce wayne of it all as well um i think that a lot of superheroes I, I i i'm interested in the superhero but i don't know how good a fit i would be for the alter ego i don't think i'd be a you know obviously a Ancient, but I don't think I ever would have been a good, particularly good Peter Parker, or um, I think I would be a reasonable Clark Kent. I don't think I'd be a very. I don't think I would play be a convincing Superman at all. Um, but there are other, there are other interesting um, characters, sort of Gambit. Is never really been done. Um, oh my god, you'd be a it, good it, gambit. Wait, wait, uh, he's he's like he's fun. I could bring some of that Logan from Westworld fun to that character. Mm. Um, there, yeah, there, there, there are there are many, and and obviously I will say yes to any any and all. But um, uh, <laughs> who doesn't want to be a superhero? <laughs>
0: uh, thank you for answering our mystery question, and Ben, that is it. Your taxi has arrived to ferry you back to reality. But before you leave, let's recap your perfect night out at the cinema. You are going with a date at 10 p.m. at night. You are sitting halfway up in the middle, but you're booking out the 10 seats next to you in case you need to leave at some point. Because as we will see throughout these answers, you have reversioned the perfect night out at the cinema and removed my position as lord and master of this cinema. <laughs> you are having a medium-sized salted popcorn. You're chucking some M&Ms in. You're having a Diet Coke, and that is it. We're not having any warm foyer cinema food. We're putting up some posters now. Your fondest movie memory is your date for Romeo and Juliet when you were 14. I, I've, I've put up a Lion King poster as well, but I'm not looking at it because it brings back memories. Um, that I haven't heard it actually doesn't it brings back no memories (laughs) that's the problem next we'll put you up a poster for your worst movie memory which is watching the 1998 barely seen period drama Basil on a plane 1998 so I was about 17 I thought I was about 10
1: (laughs) no no it was wow alright well that's wrong I've reinvented (laughs) my life carry on
0: (laughs) and the third poster we're putting up depicts the last performance that brought you to tears which was a good person but the poster I'm really putting up is Spartacus because you saw it when you were too young and it broke you your unpopular movie opinion poster is Sister Act 2 wait for it back Back in the habits (laughs) we're then playing the trailer for, uh, well, we got in touch with Ridders and he put together a trailer <laughs> for Gladiator 2. Uh, the moment that makes you pump your fist in the air we're playing is when Biff gets punched out in Back to the Future. Cinema's most shocking moment is the end of seven. The line or piece of dialogue from a movie that most affected you always from Alan Rickman in Harry Potter or Robin Williams' monologue on the bench in Goodwill Hunting. The best... That's the good stuff. The best piece of, mu- mu- of music in a movie, it could be Sergeant Elias' death, Willem Dafoe in A uh, Platoon. But really, it sounds like the Superman theme by John Williams because you should, you should just stop listening to this podcast right now and play it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And finally, to end our night, we are screening one of cinema's greatest ever romantic comedies, When Harry Met Sally. And that really is it. Ben, thank you so much for taking us on this trip to the movies. Have you had a good time? I've had a brilliant time. Thank you, man and as Ben's cab carries him away from our virtual cinema off into the distance we must all leave his movie paradise and return to reality as well but to soften the blow how would you like a pair of tickets for a night out at a very real Odeon cinema each week we give away a pair to someone who leaves us a review of the show on Apple Podcast it is that simple the competition is only open to UK residents and the tickets exclude Odeon Leicester Square and Odeon Lux but congratulations to this week's winner rusty 75 who left us a review on apple podcast titled i love movies as far back as i can remember i always loved movies so listening to people talk about trips to the cinema is the perfect podcast for me keep up the great work and let's all hope the new indiana jones movie is great or just better than the last one five stars thank you very much rusty 75 drop us an email to trip to movies at gmail.com that's trip to movies at gmail.com and we'll get you your tickets for an odium cinema and just before i say my final farewell for this episode don't forget you can find the full video interview for today's ben barnes interview and indeed every guest that's been on our pod on our trip to the movies youtube channel so please head over there and help us grow the podcast by subscribing And that really is it. I'll be back next week when another guest fills our cinema with their celluloid dreams as they take us on a trip to the movies. Bye-bye.